Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. A lot of people, by the way, are talking about the legal right to work from home. The legal right for employees to work from home is on the agenda because, of course, as COVID comes to an end, we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope, and the restrictions are removed. And a lot of companies are suggesting maybe back to work for September, October. A lot of people are saying, well, hold on a second, I don't want to go back to work. I'm quite happy at home. And the Tallis Leo Veronica has now argued that employees should have a choice to work remotely as long as the work gets done and the legislation is to be drawn up in the coming weeks in relation to it. To join me and to give me a little bit more information on that is Richard Grogan from Richard Grogan and Associates that specialise in legal services and employment law and he's the expert and he would know best. Richard, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Niall. How are you? Okay, now this is, I mean, I know Leo mentioned this back in January and February and kind of nothing really came of it because, of course, COVID ramped up, case numbers went up and we continued on with COVID. We thought it was going to end in and around May and March. Now it's back on the agenda again. A lot of people sitting at home saying, you know, I'm quite happy at home and I'm working just as well. Why can't I stay here? Right, well, I mean, there are a lot of people who are working remotely and they're working just as well. And there will be employers who are going to say, yeah, absolutely fine, no problem. There are other employees who are at home thinking that they're working just as well, but they're not. Mm -hmm. That's where the the problem is coming in. Secondly, then, there's the issue that there are businesses that are saying, yes, we have to have everybody working from home. But really, that isn't the preferred model. It's not the best model for us, and we really need people back in the office and dealing with it, particularly where you would have people working in teams and the rest. The whole issue of Zoom fatigue is now beginning to become a, a significant issue for some employers and employees. So it depends on the organisation, but there's a huge amount. Well, I suppose Leo could really only legislate for the state and for civil service. So you've got people working in the Department of Revenue, Social uh, Welfare, Passport Offices, all these kind of people who are administration workers or call people who take calls on a daily basis and deal with cases, so to speak, right? I mean, there's no reason, I suppose, why they couldn't work from home because they don't need to be in an office. It's not like a performance job where you have to a sales team where you have someone kicking your bum from behind to geez you up a little bit. So those kind of workers, they have to do a certain amount of cases per day, don't they? Yeah, well, now, this is the interesting thing. When you look at what the government is talking about, they're not talking about people working from home. They're talking about people working in hubs, which basically is a, a, a location closer to where you work, where there's a principal officer there. So mm-hmm. the government is looking at 20% of their workforce working in home. But that'll be good. It's good for property it, prices, by the way, too. It, yes, yeah. but that's not people working from home. That's people working in an office. It's just a different office. Right, okay. So it's kind so of it, relocation, so to speak. It's, it's effectively somebody, uh, you know, from, we say, the, the passport office, but working in Bantry in West Cork. Right, so decentralisation. It's a form of decentralization. They're not talking about people working from home. And, you know, I've spoken at conferences of this, at this, and I said, well, you know, there's a huge issue that comes on this. It's not just I'm, I'm working from home and everything's fine. You have to set up a workstation at home. That's desk, chair, printers, scanners. Good Wi-Fi computer. connectivity. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and a computer system. So that has to be done. If you've got somebody who's on blended working, you've got a problem. Mm. Now, I know we were all kind of chucked into it. Well, I wasn't, obviously, but some people were kind of chucked into it emergency-wise at March 2020. There is GDPR issues and security issues around working at home, particularly if you're working for, say, the Department of the Revenue Commissioners or a bank or something like that. I imagine there has to be some issues in relation to the security of working at home. There's huge issues that are coming up on this because you have somebody who, we say, 
is a, an accountant and they're doing people's tax returns. Mm-hmm. That, that's highly confidential. Or you have a solicitor and they're working on uh, a deal to, uh, to buy up four houses or five houses for an, uh, for a, an investor or they're working in employment area, you know, on a sexual harassment case. These are very highly confidential issues that there are issues there for GDPR. But what's happening on it is that he's, they're talking about this, but they're going to have to look at the issue as ultimately this is going, these cases are going to go down to the WRC. So if something goes down to the WRC and the employer says, look, I've got health and safety concerns and I've got GDPR concerns, and these are legitimate concerns and they've set them all out, and the WRC say, no, the person can work from home. Now, what happens if that individual then has an accident in their work in their home, which is their new workplace, or there's a GDPR breach? Is the employer liable in those circumstances? I know that that Tallish has said he's keen to get legislation which will give workers the right to work from home over the line as soon as possible once the doll resumes in September the 15th. But the business group, Ismay, said uh, that it expected a significant number of cases to be brought to the Workplace Relations Commission if employers are not agreeable to allow staff to work from home. In other words, people will take cases if you don't let me work from home. In other yeah. words, I, I, there are many people who started in a job, be it in the civil service or whatever it happened to be, and obviously we know there's certain jobs you just can't do from home, uh, but people started during the pandemic, they know nothing else, and their lifestyle has revolved around that, including maybe minding kids, kids or a dependent or whatever it is. And I've spoken to many of them on the air, Richard, and a lot of them will say they actually do more work from home, they're better at home, because they're more conscious that people are monitoring them. Well, no. That, you know, you've raised the issue of monitoring, which is another issue that comes in because the working time legislation says that it's the employer's obligation to make sure that you don't work too many hours, you get your breaks at the right time. So there's going to be huge issues then about what monitoring can be put in place because otherwise somebody's down in the WRC a year later saying, I didn't get any rest or break periods. And the employer says, pardon? And they go, well, you, the obligation... But is that, that not your personal... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that not your personal responsibility to make sure no. you take your break? No, the European uh, Court of Justice has been very clear. It is that the employer has that obligation and the legislation in Ireland... But who does with, that? But the greatest, I mean, even, I mean, here at Classic Hits, my boss doesn't come in and says, Niall, you better take a break there. <laughs> I mean, who actually does that? Well, Niall, you could, you could drop down to my office. Well, we'll do a remote one on it and uh, we can bring a claim down to the WRC for you. <laughs> and, and, and my but case in the WRC eat, for, will, uh, will be... Both of us. I, I, I eat me roll at the desk, you know what I mean? Because that's just well, the way the type of job it is, I suppose, you know? Yeah, well, but I, well, what I'm saying to you is the European Court of Justice uh, tends to work on how things work in Europe rather than how things work in Ireland. So are you telling me your boss has a responsibility, no matter where you work, for it to come out from his office and say, you know, Jenny or Mark, whatever it is, you haven't taken your break. It's two o'clock. You're meant to take it at one o'clock. Off you go now for an hour. Yeah. So, that's, And that's, that's their responsibility. That's their responsibility. So that is going to be one of the issues. Now, by the way, if you're in Europe, that's the standard. That's right. the standard. So the, the European Court of Justice has one Irish person on it. The other, the others are all from... The hang on, European Richard, hang on for a second. I've just talked to my producer, Ashling. Ashling, you haven't taken your break. You better go now. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. But okay, so here's the other issue, right? So we're, the work from home, it's a great, you're saying basically it's a grey area. We wait and see what happens. It's a wait and see. Do you, just before we go to the next question, do you think it's going to happen? Do you think Leo's going to manage to get legislation over the line to allow employees without it having a million cases before the WRC? All right, I think it can be done, but it has to be done 
not in how they did the return to work protocol. It has to go down step by step how it's going to be done. And it has to cover not only the right to work from home, but it's going to have to cover health and safety law. It's going to have to cover GDPR. Oh, that's a mess. And it's yeah. going to have to cover the working time and how that's going to be done. And it's going to have to cover the monitoring of employees so that employers can comply with. It's not just a matter of Leo turning around and saying, by the way, we're now changing the law. It's over to the employees to record their own hours, make sure it's all done. That's not an option. The European legislation is very clear on that. So it's going to have to be the employer. So he's going to have to go through all that to get it done. Because now working from home is going to be deemed the same as working in the office. And by the way, I haven't even mentioned the issue of insurance. Okay, well, I'm going to come to that because, well, there's two sections that I'll come to insurance in a minute. The other one as well is some of the bigger companies are now suggesting that vaccinated people can come into the office, but unvaccinated can't. Now, where do we stand? And I think I spoke to you briefly about this last year. Does an employer have the right to ask you if you're vaccinated? Mind you, rights seems to have gone out the window over the last 18 months, but generally speaking, does an employer have the right to ask you? You're really asking the hard ones today, Niall, so all right, I'll deal with this. The the quick answer to it is no, but if you take, we say, the HSE and you take the Department of Education, they're asking the questions left, right and centre. They're sending out the questionnaires. So... um, the issue that's going to come up on, on this about the other one that is for the, we say the large multinationals um, and the reality on this, and it's a politic, this is pol- not politically correct when I say this, they have the clout to say, if we're not going to be allowed, we can shift our jobs out of this country in two seconds flat. Right, okay. And, you know, I mean, the reality... So, be, so that'll become political then? Yes. Well, well, if you take somewhere like Google, just as an example, yes, the Google uh, building down in Barrow Street can uh, can accommodate eight thousand people. Well, I didn't know it was that big. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. With with social distancing, they'll be lucky to get two thousand in. Right. So twenty five percent of the workforce. But now, yeah, but Richard, we know social distancing. Well, according to Leah to Michal, now we could be going into twenty twenty two with some of the restrictions. But social distancing most likely will be reduced to one meter and probably gone completely in the next few months. I would imagine so. Uh, if, if, if what I what I think when I listen to what uh, the Taoiseach is saying, we are now getting we've got a new phrase coming into Irish politics now, and it's called personal responsibility. Yes. Yeah, which I kind of read as we're going to deregulate the whole thing and therefore it's going to be up to you personally however but that's always the way it was before covid came along yeah the difficulty you have is that the employer still has a health and safety issue there <laughs> yeah so but richard it, well, yeah but hold on a second before covid forget about covid for a second right yeah. if and i'm not comparing the flu by the way with covid when i ask this question but if uh, in 2018 you know my producer ashling sneezed because she had a bit of a flu on her and i got the flu and i ended up out of work for a week i couldn't sue my employer no that and you're you're realistically well in theory you could but the level of damages would be would be negligible because of the week's wage so it wasn't worth it the difficulty with with covid is effectively the the risk of long covid that is the the, the difficulty there and it is the, the issue that, as it currently was before March 2020, the employer still had an obligation if somebody had an infectious disease in the workplace. So we've got this 
fudge before this, you, the employer was allowed to say, look, anybody who's got an infectious disease has to tell me. Now we have the thing, which would still be there with COVID, but the position on it is for doing the health and safety risk assessment, unless the employer knows that everybody's um, mm. vaccinated, they've no way of knowing no well, way of knowing. Well, I mean, you could argue, people could argue, well, well he didn't get it in work, he might have got it on the bus on the way to oh, work. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that'd be very difficult to prove, wouldn't it? It's, it's going, it of course it's going to be difficult to prove. The the issue on it is, the employers aren't looking at this, or and even employment lawyers aren't looking at this, on the basis of trying to get information just for the sake of getting information. I know, the it's to protect are, themselves under health and safety. It, yeah, but, but I mean, but, but where? Yeah, but that still doesn't answer the question of where we legally stand. So I'm vaccinated, right? So it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But does my employer have the right to say to me, Niall, you know, we're all coming back to work. All the staff are going to be coming back in classic hits, you know, in the next couple of months. I need to know everybody's status. Are you vaccinated? Can I legally turn around and say that's none of your business? At the present time, the answer is yes. But then that means the employer has to do their health and safety assessment on the basis that nobody in the organization is vaccinated. So the issue on this from employers' perspectives a lot of the time is more to say, look, I want to be able to do a good health and safety assessment, work out what the risk is to minimize the risk to all the staff. So so what you're saying to me essentially is it's voluntary. And and it's in the best interests of everybody that's working, all your colleagues and everything else. The Data Protection Commission says you can't even ask for it voluntarily. So what I, we have a crazy situation at the moment that if uh, a business owner brought all their staff out for dinner tonight, indoors, right? Yeah. Indoors. So they, they'd have to produce their COVID certificate. When they go back to the office on Monday, the employer can't write the, 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 the health and safety assessment on the basis that everybody uh, has the vaccination because that's information that he can't record mm. in the business. So okay. I mean, it's a, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. It's a problem area. Problem area. Okay. Okay. And I, I think a lot of these areas are going to be problem areas. There's probably test cases before the WRC. But okay, two more questions then, and some of them are coming in actually by text here. But I'm not going to read them all out to you. Uh, if you plan to work from home, can an employer legally ask you to renegotiate your contract? In other words, we've heard talk of this in the UK. I think it was the health minister or somebody in the UK mentioned in uh, Parliament that if you're going to work from home, you're going to get less money because people who have to go into the office have to cost more money because they have to pay for transport, et cetera, et cetera, uh, so, and childcare costs. So can they renegotiate your contract? If they say, okay, we'll agree to let you work from home, but we're paying you 20% less. Um, I think there's going to be some employers that are going to try that, and the employees will say, no, I'm not happy with that, and the employer says, well, that's fine. Uh, bring your case to the WRC. I'll fight it the whole way through from there and to the Labour Court, and good luck to you it's going to take you a year and you're going to be working in here every day for the next year. Because it's going to take at least a year. Before the pandemic, it was eight months to get a hearing dealt with before the WRC. Right. So these cases... But as it stands, as far as you're concerned, as an employment law specialist and expert, does the employer have the right to ask you to renegotiate the contract if you're working from home? They can ask you, but you don't have to consent. Right. Okay. Well, that's but the then, yeah, they, you have for a change in your terms and conditions of employment, you have to give your written consent. That's the law, Section Five of the Payment of Wages Act. Right. Okay. But so, the, the, but what I think you will see happening is for new hires, there will be one rate for those working in the office, and there'll be another rate for those working remotely. Well, I can see that happening, but that's up to you then to sign that contract if you're happy yep. to sign that contract. I suppose going forward. Well, look, there's a lot of legal questions. I I, I've, I could read out a whole heap of them, but. 
way um, in relation to somebody else mentions here for example I don't know whether this would be your field Richard but what about parents sending kids to a creche or a school with runny noses what do you do every single child gets a runny nose but the second week in September it's natural in other words you know can you sue the creche I suppose if your child gets it well, I, I don't I, think so I think what, well, what, what good employers at the moment are saying is uh, because this comes under the category of potential COVID they've been sent home because they could have you know for a test Employers are saying, look, hold on a moment. Yeah, if the child is sent home and they have to get tested, do not come into the workplace until you're, until that test has been, you know, comes back as a negative because no employer wants to have COVID come into the workplace. Okay, somebody else mentions here, my employer is a little bit over the top when it comes to COVID. He almost seems paranoid. Even if somebody gets a sniffle in work, he sends anybody close to them home uh, to get a test. And even if the test comes back na- negative, he insists you stay home for five days, but doesn't pay us. No, you have to... If, the, the the rules on it now is that if you're vaccinated and you don't have any symptoms, you can come back into the office. If you're only if you're a close contact, do you have to self isolate out of the office? An employer at any stage can say to an employee, "I want you to go home." You know, uh, I, I have the same thing with you know somebody has a, a cold, yeah. or flu, in the and and you have to pay home. them there when they go but home. It, but that's that's my decision, and I have to pay. So if you want to send somebody home, you have to pay. Right. Them. So if I get, if I if I get a well, not a bit of a sniffle. Well, so I'm vaccinated and I'm fine. And if, say, somebody else close to me is working, uh, gets a positive test, and my employer says, look, I don't care if you're vaccinated, you're going home. Uh, I want you home for five days. Then it's up to my employer to pay me. Uh, up to your employer to pay you. If you're not vaccinated, then it is you're a, so you're a close contact. Now, legally, you have to self-isolate. So you go home mm. and you claim the social welfare. And finally, then, it seems you've mentioned the not vaccinated. There's a whole rift going on about, you know, the rights of unvaccinated versus the rights of vaccinated. And I'm going to be reading out a letter from Bowman Hospital in the second in relation to organ transplantation, uh, although I did get a reply in relation to why they're doing that. There's a whole rift about, you know, how people are being treated differently. Do you think that's going to come back to bite the government? Uh, yeah, look, there's, uh, this, this is the, the one thing that I've been, I've been saying on social media a bit. Everybody's talking about rights and nobody's talking about obligations. So you have the vaccinated saying that they have rights and you've got the unvaccinated saying they have rights and nobody's talking about the obligations. It's a huge problem and the problem is going to be in the workplaces when people come back, the disputes between the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated. I can see rows in the middle of the office, yeah. That's, yeah, that, that is the one that's concerning an awful lot of people because funnily the non-vaccinated, sorry, the vaccinated individuals have been very quiet but the build-up there and what's coming into employment lawyers is now coming from the vaccinated people who are saying, I don't want to be close to a non-vaccinated person. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, so it's, uh, they're the it's, dirt of the earth. I don't want them in the office. Well, this kind so of, that, that seems to be the, the, the kind of attitude at the moment. Isn't it? Mind you, we've seen from the evidence that as many vaccinated actually get infected as unvaccinated, I suppose. But okay, one final question. How much notice does an employer need to give before you have to come back to work? So you're working from home, obviously, since last March or whatever it is, and your employer says, right, I want you to go back to the office. How much notice do they have to give you? Well, in theory, your contract says that you're working in a particular location. So they phone you up today and say, I'll see you on Monday. In reality, you know, that is, an employer in that situation is being, is being stupid. They have to actually take into account your personal and family circumstances. So... For example, if somebody has has children, you do have to take into account that it takes a bit of time to get to organise. Organised, yeah. so you run an equality potential there. But if it's somebody that's you know work, living and working, we say in Dublin, you can say to them, look, you know, we're going to be opening up. You, you give them a week. But if you've got somebody who's relocated back down to Kerry, they may very well have to you know arrange accommodation. So. There is no legal issue on it. Okay, so time. it would be a, re- a reasonable amount of time. Would be a fair. 
a reasonable amount of time. Yes, I mean, you can't turn around to somebody who you know is working down in Kerry. They've given up their apartment in Dublin and say, I want you back in in the office on Monday. That's just not going to be reasonable. If, by the way, you think that they're still only, they're living in Dublin and they haven't told you and they've headed down to Kerry, that may be a slightly different one. It's going to depend, but it's, it's employers and employees, uh, you know, working together on this is going to be the reality on this. Nobody wants to be heading down to the WRC no. unnecessarily. And to stop that happening, you, in, no matter whether it's working from home or returning to the workplace, there needs to be a bit of sit down and have a chat and sort it out and mm-hmm. get, a, get a bit of practicality on it. Not everything is legal. I know that's my area, Niall, but I mean, you don't need to, to everybody be standing outside the WRC. With Although you wouldn't mind, you wouldn't mind that, Richard. <laughs> I, can I say to you, can I say to you not, that, that, that's a nice comment but, to make, but the position on it is employment lawyers rather see cases being resolved than fought. So, right, okay. I mean, yeah, so you don't need a, a tsunami of claims going down to the WRC because that means that the real claims that need to be fought down there get pushed back and you don't need to have a, a two-year delay for, for small cases to be dealt with because there's so many cases down there. That's not good for employers and it's not good for employees. So you don't need litigation. You need resolution. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you answering all those questions. Richard Grogan uh, from Richard Grogan and Associates. They specialise in employment law services. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.